Hello and welcome to another edition of the Tip Off. I'm Simon, and joining me this week is Arnov and Chris. How you guys doing today? Great, Sai. Glad to hear. Glad to hear that. Big week for the state of Minnesota after we heard the verdict on the Derek Chauvin trial yesterday. And I'd say a lot of people are at peace with the verdict after they found him guilty of all three charges against him. You get a bad cop off the street. And all it takes all it takes is you gotta kill somebody on a video. Egregiously. <laughs> yeah, man. Imagine if we didn't have that video. And then it's the cop's word versus their word. And I don't think it would turn out good for the the accuser in that situation when it's the cop versus cop's word versus their word well i mean i don't know if you know you can't it turned out as bad as it possibly could for the accuser (laughs) either way right i mean Uh, yeah the cop goes to jail or (laughs) yeah (laughs) but that happened and we did we did have a prediction tied into that trial. So let's get into our hit or miss session as we always start off with. Uh, Chris, we'll start with you. You said <clears throat> that Chet Holmgren would not commit to Gonzaga University. That was my prediction. Yeah. He went on to Sports Center on Monday at noon and made his official commitment to Gonzaga University, basically replacing Jalen or filling in Jalen and trying to finish the job for him. We'll see We'll see how that Gonzaga team is next year. But when you get the number one prospect in the nation, good things should happen. Well, good luck to him. Yep. Chris, you also said that Derek Chauvin would be found guilty of murder. Woo-hoo. That is a, we rated that a two-point prediction. That's legit. So that's two points on the board for you, and that raises your shooting percentage from 21% to 23% on the season, and you are now 5 for 21. And you have... That's about, that's in, about my real basketball shooting percentage, too. In, <laughs> and you are in, also in the lead... With 14 points on the season. Ethan also had a prediction come off the board. He said that either Luka Doncic or Trey Young will hit a game winner with under 10 seconds left in the game. Luka Doncic last week today had that one foot miracle that he threw up at the buzzer. Pretty, pretty amazing shot there. It's too win for the Dallas Mavericks against the Memphis Grizzlies, I believe, in that game. But what a shot from Luka. And it's all good for Ethan because he gets a point for that prediction. So that makes Ethan two for four on the season, which raises his shooting percentage from 33% to 50%. So big jump there. And he now has four points on the season. I had nothing come off the board this week, so I'm still at 1 for 16 on the year, 7%. And I have two points 
Arnov, you also had nothing come off the board, so you're still at 4 for 13 on the season, which is 31%, and you have 10 points. And Mike is still at 1 for 2 on the season, with at, which is 50%, and he also has 2 points. And the guest predictors had nothing come off the board either, so they are still pointless. 0 for 2 on the season. So that's our hit or miss session. Let's get him to write that down. Did you just call our guest predictors pointless? I did. Hmm. Y'all, y'all got to step it up. Send in those predictions. Let's get him to write that down. Write that down is where us guys go around and make three predictions each. Each prediction has is going to be held accountable. And we also rate each other's predictions giving them either a one-pointer or a free-throw, two-pointer, three-pointer, or a four-point play as a prediction. Uh, since Ethan's not here today, Chris, we'll start with you. Okay, in the upcoming draft, the Vikings will make exactly 11 draft picks in a seven-round draft. And I'm going to bump thir- that up. I'm going to make it 12. I'm going to make it 12. And they have 13 draft picks as of now, right? Is that true? I think something like that, yeah. Hmm. Well, I'm going to go 14. <laughs> so you're upping it to 14 now? No, I'm going to go to 12. I'm going to go. This this is actually makes it a the higher degree of difficulty because they almost always trade for more picks. So. All right. <clears throat> the Vikings have 11 picks. They have 11? Yeah. All right. I, I, will, I will stick with my 12 prediction regardless. I think that's the number. Well, I will go ahead and give you a four right off the bat for this. The exactly really makes the prediction harder, I feel like. So let's see them make exactly 12. Or not, you can go ahead with your rating. I'm going to give it a four as well. So a nice little four-point play off the bat for you, Chris? Potentially. Potentially. Uh, I'll go ahead with one of Ethan's predictions. For his first prediction, he said that the Memphis Grizzlies would make it past the play-in game. So they will win in the play-in game and make the playoffs this season. Okay. Highest Jones. Arnav, do you know where the Grizzlies are at currently? Are they at the 9 seed or the 8 seed? Just give me one second. I'm going to look. Because they lost yesterday at Denver. Uh, I just looked it up there in the eighth seed. Yeah. One game ahead of uh, Golden State. Yeah. That would mean they would play Golden State. And one game behind. Incorrect, actually. I heard that they have some funky thing. I think the seven plays the eighth seed. Yeah, the seven play a game, and then the nine and the ten play a game. And the the winner of the seven and the eight is the seven seed, so they're in the playoffs. And then the winner of the nine and the ten plays the loser of the seven and the eight game, and then that team oh. makes it. Yep. So I that's see. how they're doing it. It's a little, it's a little different than we initially thought it would be, but Memphis is currently one game ahead of Golden State for the A seed, and they're one game behind Dallas for the seven seed, and they are two and a half games back of the six seed, which is Portland. <laughs> So we got about 10 to 15 games left in that range of the regular season. 
Which should be coming. Normal regular season would be ending like this week. Uh, yeah, we'd be we'd already be into well into the first round of the playoffs. I don't believe that to be true. I believe usually the season ends around the twentieth of April. It, I know we have a jersey that has like four twenty, you know, four twenty one, you know, well, when the no, new rules things was announced. So I was like, that was the last game of the season. So it's got to be somewhere. I'm pretty sure there. it was four eleven, four thirteen, okay. or something like that. That's possible. So I'd say I'd say we're probably ten games back of the regular season, or where the regular season would have, ten days back of where the regular season would have ended on a normal year. Grizzlies will not make it past the playing game. I don't know if we'd like to start us off with a rating for that prediction. I'll give it a three. I think they might. Uh, yeah, I'll give it a two. I think they're in a better Grizzlies position. will make it or will not make it. That was they will make it. Golden State is definitely a team to watch there, though, because Curry can get hot very easily. But seems to be either a good game for the Warriors or a bad game. Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give this. I'm gonna give this a three. And that gives that prediction a three-point rating. Arnav, we'll go to you for your first prediction. For my first prediction, I'm going to predict the Eastern Conference Finals, the number of games, and the winner. All right, so okay. We have Boston and Philly, seven-game series, and Boston wins in seven. Okay, that's a four, just because... He complained earlier about his ratings. So. <laughs> no, that's, a, that's a four for sure. You know, I think that's a four. So that's a lot of a lot of ifs in there. I agree. Uh, it's a four for me also. Boston versus the Boston Celtics versus Philadelphia 76ers in the Eastern Conference Final and Boston wins in exactly seven games. Yep. Like that prediction, it's a four for me. So that's a four-point play opportunity for you there, Arnav. And one for my first. Write this. Write that down. Write this down. The Brooklyn Nets will not make the Eastern Conference Finals this year. So they will lose in either the first or second round of the playoffs. Are you gonna say it to who they're gonna lose? Off the record. All right, let's hear it. I think I think you know could be Milwaukee. I feel like that they're a forgotten team this season since they've been unable since they've uh had a couple of disappointing playoff losses in the past. So a lot of people have just counted them out already. Even though Giannis is having debatably one of his best seasons. But I think the Bucks are a team to watch there just because they failed the last two years shouldn't doom them already for this year. No, what dooms them is not that Giannis is not having a great season or that coach Bud is like not a great coach. It's, it's the fact that you can't put the ball in your best player's hand in the fourth quarter with under two minutes and expect him to go get a bucket. Yeah, but I think that Giannis needs to um, – I think it's not as much on Giannis as it is the players around him. 
I feel like Giannis will be able to get them open shots under two minutes just by driving because the defense is so uh, concerned about what he's doing with the ball that if he's able to drive, drive, he'll be able to kick that out to an open shooter when the defense collapses on him. And I think it's on the other guys to be able to make the shots that Giannis. I mean, that is that is the way the team works. Yeah. I mean, that's the idea. So it's just so it's can, they, can they string together four good games where they can shoot around fifty percent from three and uh, no. hit hit their layups? But my prediction is the Nets won't make the Eastern Conference Finals, and I think Milwaukee's a team to watch, as well as the Heat and Boston and Philly. But Philly won't. Philly and Boston theoretically won't play until the Eastern Conference Final. What were you saying? Oh. What what seed is the Heat even going to end up being? The like, Eastern was- Conference is very tight right now, so it's very hard to predict what that what that um how that's going to shape up. But I'd say anywhere from five to eight, even four to eight, for the Heat. Yeah, they're only two games behind the four spot. Yeah, that four to ten range in the East is very cramped. Only a couple losses, and you can see yourself at the bottom of the playoff bracket right there. Yeah. Chris, would you like to give this rating? Um, so your what was the rating again? <laughs> Milwaukee. Boston. The Brooklyn Nets will not make the Eastern Conference Finals. Will not make the okay. Will not make the Eastern Conference Finals. Boy, I mean, with all the injuries and stuff, it really. Uh, They'll be healthy for the playoffs, says Coach Nash. We don't know that. Um, to Coach Nash. You know, to predict, like you said, it's a really close, close thing. So it's. I do think I would put the Mets at my favorites at least to make the Eastern Conference Finals. But um, I would rate that. I'll be generous and I'll give you a three, even though that is way too high for that. But, but it's between a two and a three. Uh, I'm I'm picking the Eastern Conference favorites to not even make the third round, though. Well, that's that's the only reason you're getting above a one for picking not a team. I'm giving you a two because I'm gonna up the game on your pick. Yeah, we'll let Ethan decide. That's a good way. So that is a two point five for that rating. Uh, we'll go back to you, Chris, for your second prediction. My second prediction is, and I'm got to think of a way to quantify this, but that Adam Thielen will have statistically his best season receiving as a Viking. Maybe that's uh. So is having, that in reception? We'll take we'll take touchdowns, receptions, and yards, and we'll say in two of those three categories he will have his best year. It doesn't. I'm not specifying which two, but any of two of those. So you said yards, catches, and touchdowns. Yards, catches, and touchdowns. All right, I think this is a prove-it year for Thielen. Odd years so the Vikings should do well. And I think Thielen will be a factor in them doing well. So I'll give this a two. Yes. Ungenerous. Pretty generous. I don't know. Do you know, do you know what his records are? Yes. Like he would have to be. Well, I mean, his, one of his reception records is almost up there with like a league all time. All time, we'd almost have to set the all time reception record for the league to break that one. So, 
you know, and he's, he, he's a touchdown machine. So I assume he has a lot of touchdowns in one of those years. And, and, uh, and yards, I know his yards are solid. Like it's like 11 or 1200 or something. So it's for three pretty big numbers to get two of the best three in. So, so when you say, when you say this prediction, Chris, you said yeah. two of the best three, does this mean personal years? So I can take, he'll have better receiving. It'll be better overall than any year. So you can take his touchdowns from one year, his receivings from another year, and receptions from another year. Yes. All right. I'll give it a three then. I'm going to give it a four. Thank you. All right. So that's a 3.5 awaiting uh, Ethan's Ethan's rating for that prediction. And speaking of Ethan, we'll go back to him for his second prediction. He's going to NFL with this one. Write this down. Carson Wentz will start at least 14 of the 17 games as Colts quarterback. Hmm. Man, that should almost be a four. <laughs> I'm going to go a three, though. Um, I'm going to go a two just because he'll get that number unless he gets injured. I think it's right. about 50-50 Which, that, shot. The- I think it's about 50-50 shot that he gets injured. Yeah. But I think it's about a 50-50 shot, so I'll give it a two. He could either suck, too. He could suck. Yeah, but they don't have a viable backup right now, so I don't think they're going to bench him for anyone. And they're not in a position to draft a quarterback, or not in position to draft one of those top quarterbacks. They could find a Tom Brady-like, well, not going to be on the same level as Tom Brady, obviously, but one of those later-round picks that turns into an absolute gem. But as of right now, I do not see a viable backup for the Indianapolis Colts, so that's why I'm rating this a two. I know of tiebreaker. I think I'm going to give it a two after your very persuasive analysis. So that is a two for Carson Wentz starting at least 14 games this season? Arnav, we'll go back to you for your second prediction. So here's, here's where I opt the game on your pick. I'm going to say the Brooklyn Nets will lose in the first round. Love it. Off the record, do you have a team? Off the record, I don't think Harden is going to be back for the first round series. I'm not sure about KD. And even if they do manage to come back, KD has been back for like two games before being injured. And he doesn't even play back-to-backs. Well, that's purely cautionary. Like, I'm sure that if this was the playoffs, he would not sit out due to his thigh injury. They're just taking extra precaution on that. That is a weird spot, though. Like, the pain just, like, it do- doesn't just disappear. Like, I'm not, I'm not sure if they're... Yeah, but is I feel like that's pain? one of those injuries that you can almost play through. It's just going to be a lot more pain. Won't really, won't not really one of those injuries that can get worse, you know, or in the long term. But since it's the regular season and they're already a top five seed, top two seed, I think that's why they can feel good about arresting Durant right now. Yeah, maybe you're right, but and as of right now, actually, I just looked this up. This is with. 
like I said, 10 to 15 games left, and we have to see what happens with the play-in tournament. But as of right now, if the playoffs were today and no play-in tournament, they would be playing the Miami Heat in the first round. Yeah. How about this? I'm going to say the Nets lose in the first round to Miami. Is that? Are you writing that down? Yep. All right. Well, my prediction rating went from a four to a four, so it's a four for me. Chris, how about you? That's definitely definitely a four. I mean, I'd be weird if I would give you a three and him a him a three. That's for the for like a prediction that's like off the charts. So, yep, that's another four point play opportunity for you, Arna. For my second, write that down. At least five NBA teams will reach fifty or more wins this season. Hmm. Sorry, what was that? What was your prediction? At least five NBA teams will reach 50 or more wins this season. Well, I don't know. I'm going to let you go first on that one. All right. How many games are left in the season? Roughly 10 to 15. Less than 15, but for teams it differs. Some, some teams have played more than others, but it's in that 10 to 15 range. And well, we know like three, three teams, teams right now have over 40 wins. Yeah. So no one's three, got over 45 wins. Those teams are probably going to have over 50 wins. Like, yeah, I think I'm going to rate it at two. Would this be a normal thing to happen? I mean, uh, seems normally like 40 teams, wins is just kind of mediocre. So, yeah. Well, it's a 72 game season. So, 10 less games. Oh, okay, got it. So that 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 does make a difference. Okay, so I, I'm gonna give this a three and let Ethan decide for another two point five rating, awaiting Ethan's rating on that prediction. We'll go back to you, Chris, for your third and final prediction. I predict that. I guess this is a. This is a. This is kind of a hard one, but I predict that in in the ESPN draft ranking, the one most that comes out most immediately after the draft, the Vikings will receive a B plus on their draft. Is that quantifiable enough? So it's gotta be from ESPN. It's gotta be from ESPN. And Some, their initial and their initial draft rating after the yep. draft. Yep. I think I think that'll do. If I can't find one, we'll just mark it out as wrong. Well, I'll find one then. I'll find one that says B plus. <laughs> <laughs> kind of sketching your own ESPN symbol. <laughs> put, a right. B pl- put a B plus on the page or write a little something about it. A B plus. All right. I'll we, give it a three. Anyone else I'll, rank I'll, in here? I'll, I'll give it a three. I'll give it a three, too. You get a three-pointer three for that prediction to go along with your 3.5 awaiting Ethan's rating on your first prediction or your second prediction. And you have a four-point play opportunity also on the board this week. So high ratings for Chris on the uh, board. Extend my lead. We'll go back to Ethan for his third and final prediction. And this has, this is eerily similar to the 
first write that down prediction that ever came off the board for us. So this, I believe that was your prediction, Chris. But Ethan is writing this down. He said, Governor Tim Walls will lighten some COVID restrictions in Minnesota by June 1st. All right. That is... How do you even... Like, what does that mean? He said, the, the governor of Minnesota, so Tim Walls, will lighten some COVID restrictions in Minnesota by June 1st. I mean, it's like that's sort of like saying uh, Santa Claus will visit by January first. I mean, it's like <laughs> if he if he doesn't, <laughs> but, but we have been everyone else we, in the country is going to be free except for us until. But uh, I'll give that I'll give that a one. So I think if, that's fair. If he says that's so than, generic. If he says more than fifteen people can hang out inside. And that's easing up the restrictions. I don't know what the rules are right now, but we would have to see Chris, his next have... proclamation of our dear leader. Yeah, Chris, we'll have to have you check in on the COVID restrictions right now. No, no, I, I, that's not possible. I have the Well, I mean, today, eventually. Oh, okay. Okay. At some point. So we can have someone other than Ethan keep track of that prediction but it's a one from chris arnav what would you like to rate that a one yep i was on the same board with the one i think it's too generic of a prediction with something that already seems to start to lighten up or starting to lighten up like if he says people will not be wearing masks by by june 1st then maybe i did That is a previous one of his predictions, but he said by the end of the year. But he just said that they'll lighten COVID restrictions in Minnesota by June 1st. So we gave that prediction a one. We'll go back to you, Arnav, for your third and final prediction. For my third prediction, I'm going to say that the Bucks will lose in the first round. For the New York Knicks. Bucks lose to Knicks. Boy, I mean, it's like, I just got to give that, I'm going to give that a four. Remember your prediction, Chris, and the Knicks will make the second round? No. Oh, that, would, that would be what, but they still have to actually play the Knicks in the, you know, that's like not a given either. So that's why it's. Yep, I believe as of now, that's what the playoff matchup would be, or am I wrong about that? No, I think so. Yeah, but like we said before, Eastern Conference is really tight, so that is likely to change. But it's a four for me also. For three four-point play opportunities this week for you, Arna. So for okay. my for my final, write that down. Write this down. The Minnesota Vikings will make at least one trade during the NFL draft this year. Uh, that's a one. Size is trying to start easy, get some points, get, get a shooting percentage up a little. 
That's okay. We understand. Trying, trying, trying to get on the board here, Chris. Trying to up that seven percent, you know. <laughs> and that is but, a, that's like going for the bunt, bunt single in baseball terms. But you know, but you know, but you know that that prediction is just became wrong. The Vikings will miraculously pull off make no, no trades during the NFL draft. Now that I predicted that, this is very possible. I'm just, I'm just putting <laughs> my curse to the test here, you know. Yeah, well, so, something that should something that should come true. Let's see if this deems the path that many of my other predictions have taken this season, which has been. Uh, I do believe you might have, especially on my stop uh, the trader Rick. Well, especially on my predictions that seem to be. Bunts, unquote, seem to even be wrong. Oh, let let's see if you can keep it keep it wrong. But Arnav, did you rate that? Yeah, I'm gonna rate it a one too. And that gives that prediction a free throw as a rating, a one point. And that concludes write that down this week. We'll take a little break and. Finish up with some Brooklyn Net Talk. Welcome back to the tip-off. During the break, Chris had to leave due to work, but Arnav is still here, and he has some breaking news to break. According to ESPN, Anthony Davis will return tomorrow against the Mavericks. All you Laker fans out there, happier days are ahead. Anthony Davis is supposed to come back for tomorrow's game against the Dallas Mavericks. Do you know if Kristaps Porzingis is scheduled to play? I can look. Yeah, very, very uh, dangerous Mavs team there. Can't de- definitely. See? They're definitely able to beat any team out there on any given night, but they have not been able to string together to make their record string together enough games to make their record higher than a seven seed, which I think a lot of people before the season thought they would be uh, one of those top five seeds in the West. What were your expectations for the Dallas Mavericks uh, before the year on off? Did you see them being higher than a seven seed or do you think that where they are right now was probably where you expected them to be at this point of the season? I predicted Luca for MVP. So I definitely think they could have been higher, but he got off to a slow start to the season. Very He's really picking start. it up now. Yeah, especially with that game winner the other day, just off balance. I think seven Amazing is not, shot. not that spot to be in as long as hopefully they can get out that play-in game. But it's it's a pretty realistic spot for them to be in. And Luca's what, second, third year? 
Yeah, I believe it's his third year. Luca definitely the the rough start definitely affected that Ma- that Mavericks team. But lately, he's been looking like that MVP caliber player that we all expected him to be at the beginning of the season. And mm-hmm. I don't know, couple couple, if he finishes this season out strong, he might be able to push himself into that top top of the list for MVP. But it's looking pretty bleak right now, especially with the season the centers are having in Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid. Would you say that? one of those two are going to win the MVP as of right now? Or do you still think that the MVP race is an open debate? It's definitely tightening up with the season ending soon. Uh, I I don't think it's close between Embiid and Jokic either because Jokic is obviously is more assist because he's a way better playmaker, but he's also played 36 percent more minutes than Embiid this season. He hasn't missed a game, is that right? Jokic hasn't? Yeah. yeah. That he is not. Dur- I feel like durability is a big uh, factor in the MVP voting. I don't know what definitely. you think of that, but it will be, definitely be tough for Embiid to win it uh, based off how much he's played compared to Jokic, I feel like. But if you just put their stats up next to each other, Jokic definitely has a uh, definitely has a chance, or Embiid definitely has a chance. Did you see his uh, per thirty six minute stats? For third, uh, Embiid, it's like thirty three points per game and twelve rebounds per game. Pretty pretty absurd numbers for a big guy there, in uh, the per thirty six minute stats. So that's every 36 minutes, what is he averaging? So, like, around 34 points per game in that statistic, which I believe would lead the NBA if it were, if you took his per 36 points per game. I don't know how that shows up next to other other players per 36, but for a center, that is crazy to be averaging nearly 34 points per game in 2021 mm-hmm. for sure uh, I think he's having a great season you know what was interesting though last night the Warriors were embarrassing him I, I did watch that uh, Golden State versus Philadelphia game that was Tuesday so last night yeah, yeah. so last night I've, I've actually watched the last two Phil- Philadelphia games and in both games, they they jumped out to an absurd first quarter or the first, like, two minutes. <laughs> they just – I believe they went 12-0, 12-0 run right out of the gates and made Steph r- really uncomfortable. But did not last long. Steph caught fire, ended up dropping 49, I believe, and added to his list of games with 10, 10 three-pointers made. At least, list of consecutive games. Yeah, and they caught the dub against that red hot Philly team, who is number one in the Eastern Conference right now. Mm-hmm. I saw someone tweeted out that Steph Curry is going to need back surgery after the end of this season for carrying this team. <laughs> 
Honestly, would not be surprised. This is a little glimpse for uh, Steph on what LeBron has to go through year after year. All right, I'm not going to make any comments about that, but I'm going to talk about Steph's durability because I was watching the Boston game, and on two separate occasions, I saw him completely roll over his ankle and just gets up, knocks down a 40-footer, which does not seem to affect him at all. I believe that this happened in the same game, but um, Juan Toscano, is that his name? Juan Toscano? Yeah. When he made that incredible hustle play where he dove over the scorer's table. Yeah, Steph made it. And saved that ball and ended up in Steph Curry's hand, and he had a three. But, man, did he take a hit. For anyone listening, you should definitely go look, look this video up. Uh, this happened in the Boston game, right? Uh-huh. He jumps over the scorer's table. And usually those scorers are, like, sitting all together in a bunch and the fall's broken up, but I think they were trying to socially distance. And he fell straight into a computer. The computer falls down before him. And then he lands on it. And then another one falls on top of him. Yeah, and he, he was laying there for a minute. He didn't get up. Yeah. Until they had to foul and stop the game to go check on him. It was kind of a scary moment there for him, but ended up getting up. Uh, they gave him an ice pack, I believe, to hold to his head and believe that he ended up suffering a concussion. But he he saved that possession for the Warriors, definitely, and kept them in that game, which ended up being a very close game near the end. But the Warriors came up short, and the Celtics continued their hot run. I believe they had won six straight games before their loss on Monday against the Chicago Bulls. Is that correct? Yep. And the Chicago game, like you hope they could have won it. They still have Tatum and Brown, but Smart was out. Kemba was out. Their defense was falling apart. Levine they... was out too, right? Yep. Uh, I think Awuch put up some extreme – Stupid, just stupid numbers. But uh, one of the rookies that I've never heard of from Boston, Tremont Waters. Oh, he's not a rookie. I think this is either his second or third year. But he was one of their later round picks a couple years ago. What happened with him? He gave them some good minutes. And he got a, a, a clutch two under 30 seconds left, just drives in. Doesn't even wait for the play that Stevens drew up. He just rejects the pick, takes the open layup. Quick hands, had two steals that game. So Boston is looking for anything they can get to uh, try to climb in the standings and secure a top six seed so they don't have to play in that play-in tournament. Which I think they will. I don't I don't think they're going to be in the play-in. Yeah. I, th- I think that... Tatum and Brown are too good to have that team be a bottom to have that team be a playing team versus yeah. a top six team in the East. Especially if you lined up their roster next to like the Knicks or the Hornets or any of these teams that are below them in the standings or right there with them in the standings. They should they should definitely be a uh, outperforming what what they've done so far. They didn't have that hot start to the season, though. Yeah, and they just 
he just kind of fell off. Injuries and COVID really struck that team like it did with a lot of other teams this year. Mm-hmm. We had Marcus Smart was out, and then Tatum had COVID, and he didn't fully recover until, like, very recently. And he's still, I think, taking inhalers before the game or something like that. Yep, has to take an inhaler before, maybe even during the game. Depends on how his breathing is. Definitely a scary time for uh, NBA athletes and everyone, actually. You know what would be really interesting? What? If Portland falls into the playing bracket and for the last spot, we have a Portland-Golden State show out. Like, it's unlikely that that will happen, but I, I feel like that would be really interesting to watch Dame and Steph go up against each other. Would be a show. Yeah. For sure. I would probably make the prediction that there would be 10 plus 40 footers made. 10 plus what? Threes from beyond 40 feet. Oh, <laughs> Yep, definitely is showcasing the uh, deep shooting in that series with Dame and Steph. We saw what they did in the All-Star game, being on the same team. And we know what Dame said in the past, how he can, how he feels comfortable pulling up from anywhere on the court. He just doesn't do it every time because that's kind of crazy, he said. You know why he was out last night? Dame Lillard? Uh-huh. Do you know? Because I think there was something with a hyperextended uh, calf or something. I wasn't sure. I was surprised he wasn't playing. I yeah, I believe, I believe that last night was his last game sitting out. But I believe he just tweaked something minorly on his leg. Uh, I think he tweaked his hamstring, yeah. Yeah, hyperextension maybe. Or cramps. Right hamstring tendinopathy. That's what it says. Whatever that yeah. means. So, pretty pretty cautionary there from the Blazers. Can't have your star getting injured this close to the playoffs like a lot of teams are, you know? Like, like the Nets are. Let, let, let's get into this discussion about the Nets because we saw KG come back and in that Miami game, he ended up uh, Leaving suffering the a right, uh, left thigh contusion. A right thigh contusion. Right thigh contusion, and he is now out for the Nets again. Uh, I said that it's purely cautionary. I think because Durant has that injury history, and being one of the top players in NBA history, you cannot be too risky on playing him, especially in these games that don't really matter down the stretch. But has, KD, has KD played more than two games this season without being on the injury report? I believe he has. All right, because I get that you're trying to arrest him and all of that, but I honestly don't think his body's going to be able to handle the playoffs at this point. Like, yeah. there's a certain amount of durability that you need. That That is a really big question for the Nets. 
who I believe right now are deemed heavy favorites to win the NBA Finals. But we saw in the last week the retirement to uh, LaMarcus Aldridge because of his heart condition. Yeah, what was that about? That was so weird. I woke up one morning and LaMarcus was gone. Yeah, he's had prior uh, health health problems with his heart having irregular beat. What does that so, even mean? Uh, heart- his heart basically to- was not beating the correct way or irregularly, as they said. So he, I know that he had to sit out either last season or the year before for a little bit due to this heart condition that he has with the Spurs. And then he ended up coming back, and then we all know how he got bought out by the Spurs and signed with the Brooklyn Nets, thus deepening their already deep roster. And really... I feel like cemented them as the favorite for the NBA Finals. But you know who leads the Nets in uh, charges drawn this season? I'm going to guess that it's not one of their big three. Definitely not. I don't. Is it like. I'm going to say either Joe Harris or Bruce Brown. It's Blake Griffin, actually. Wow. I, I, I wasn't going to say Blake because. He just really got there, but he's, he's been making the effort plays on both ends of the floor, keeping possessions alive, getting the board. He had a big block on Zion the other night. He had a charge drawn against Zion. Almost caught a body on Lonzo. He, he's really, I think, yeah, a great. Yeah, Blake has definitely come alive now that he's a part of this Brooklyn Nets roster. Night and day compared to when he was playing on the Pistons, I'd say. Mm-hmm. But you think that's what will happen to Kevin Love if he ever leaves the Cavs? <laughs> you know, Kevin Love could be a vital uh, piece to a uh, championship team I feel like still he, he has he been might, he, yeah he might not be able to do all the things that he used to be able to do but I don't think that his shoot I think that his shooting is still on point and um, if he has an open shot in the corner he's gonna knock in it down. clutch time he's gonna knock it down but he can also get you those rebounds and can make the smart play which we've seen before, he is one of the masters at that long uh, touchdown pass from inbound pass, the one-handed overhand pass deep down the court with only a little bit of time left. So he is he is a very talented player still, and I think that he could be a valuable piece to a championship team still, and. I don't do not see that happening with the Cavaliers anytime soon. But <clears throat> to add on to the Nets, we saw the Lamarcus Aldridge retirement. Uh, James Harden, they they just announced um, suffered a setback in his hamstring injury. Out indefinitely. 
know, he is out indefinitely as they wait for the MRI results. Hopefully nothing bad happens there for the Nets. And then the KD injury happened also th- this last week. So should we be pumping the brakes on the Nets as deeming the Nets the favorites to win the finals, do you think? I definitely think that if their roster is healthy, they should be the favorites. But I'm personally not even sure that they're going to have all three of them for the first round. And, like, can Kyrie carry that squad with Claxton, Bruce Brown, Jeff Green, and Blake Griffin past the first round against, let's say, I don't know who who. who well, you wrote down Miami today, so let's let's just take Miami for example. That's who they be playing right now with the playoffs for today. Let's take Miami for an example. They're not beating Miami if they don't have their big three intact. Um, do you think that they'd be able to beat Miami with two of their big three uh, being able to play? whether that's Harden, Kyrie, Kyrie, Durant, or Durant and Harden? I think Durant and Harden gives them their best chance, like, to go the deepest if they have only two of the three. But um, I honestly am not even sure if Durant's body can withstand a tough six-game hard-fought series with Miami where – Jimmy's up in his face every single possession, just making him work. Like, it's, we know it's, he's definitely like the greatest scorer of all time, debatably. But, yep. like, Jimmy's gonna, Jimmy, Bam, they're gonna make you work for your buckets. Very tough de- defensive team in Miami. They definitely make you work to get your buckets. Like, did you see how his thigh confusion happened? He went up for a layup or a dunk, right? Yeah, and then there was a contest, so he had to switch hands, and then he landed weird. Mm-hmm. So. So you, you, you're you saying pump the brakes on Brooklyn, and we got to see more from their, from their uh, big three playing together since they've only played seven games together this whole season. And I don't think yeah. they've played together in the last – since January – if that, or late February, or early February, I believe, is the last time that those three played together. Which is, I, I get that they're all mentally on the same page, that they want to win a championship and there's no selfishness or hero ball or whatever, but you have to physically be on the court together to have some chemistry, not, with you, not just with each other, but with the other guys around you. Yeah, I definitely think that you need to get that chemistry uh, chemistry factor down before you get to the playoffs because once you're in the playoffs, no more going no more going 80%. You got to go 100% through every game because matchups get tighter. Uh, people get people start playing more seriously and tougher competition. You can't. Uh, not give it your all down the stretch in those playoff games. Do we even know what their starting five is when all of them are healthy? Are you playing Bruce Brown? Are you playing Jeff? Are you playing DeAndre? 
Are you playing Blake? Are you playing Huawei Cameron? I think that Blake is going to be coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have Kyrie at the one, Harden at the two, Bruce Brown at the three, Katie at the four, and DeAndre Jordan? I'd say either Bruce Brown or Joe Harris. I don't know. Both both players will be able to give you scoring off the bench, though. Joe yep. Harris more of the uh, catch-and-shoot type. But Bruce Brown has really been a player that's um, given Brooklyn really good minutes this season, especially with their big three being out as much as they have been. Mm-hmm. So that, that is a good uh, player for Brooklyn to have this season. And very, very uh, pleasant for them what he's been able to do on the basketball court despite not having Harden and Harden for this long stretch, KD for his really long stretch that he's been out and whenever Kyrie's been missing. So Bruce Brown, I feel like, is going to be a vital role to that Nets roster in the playoffs. What do we, what do we think about Claxton? Now I was gonna, I was about to mention him, uh, possibly starting over DeAndre Jordan in the playoffs. What do you think about that? He's actually serious. What? Claxton. Okay, Claxton getting his first minutes in the NBA, playing surrounded by James Harden, Kyrie, and KD, thinks it's very easy. Just go up there and catch some lobs, dunk it down. He thinks it's really good. But, it, like, He's good it's at easy. his role. Yeah. Like, I don't think they should start him over DeAndre Jordan. No way. Well, I think that He'll definitely be a big piece of that second unit that they'll put on the floor. And I don't think that he's much of a drop-off from DeAndre Jordan um, when he's playing. I think that he's able to do everything that DeAndre can for the Brooklyn Nets. So that that's a player that has found a, found a good play or has been good at his role this year and being able to get those rebounds, contest shots on the defensive end and be able to catch those lobs that are easily set up from him from either Kyrie James or James Harden or uh, Kevin Durant whenever they're on the court. They play some perfectly. Yep. Kind of kind of a good filler for what they lost with Jared Allen uh, in that James Harden trade. Probably not, probably not to the extent Jared Allen was performing at, but he definitely is bringing a lot of what they lost with uh, Jared Allen being traded. Agreed. You so, know what else? As, as we alluded and write that down today, mm-hmm. uh, you and I both are skeptical on the Nets' playoff chances due to these injuries. Yep. So, based I think on it's that theory, to just get healthy at the right time. Yep. Based on that, how many Eastern Conference teams 
would you be worried about playing if you were the Brooklyn Nets in the playoffs? So you're 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 saying when they have only two teams, hmm? they have only two of the three, basically. No, I'm saying if even if they're all healthy, but say they don't play again at all this regular season together. I think a back. team like mm-hmm. a team like Philly, who's been together together most of the season, they have great chemistry. Yep. Everybody knows their roles. They have a potential candidate on their team and a potential defensive player of the year candidate. Great defensive team. I'd I'd argue that they have two defensive player of the year candidates in Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. And I know Joel said they'd be that one of his goals is to get that MVP and DPOY in the same year like Hakeem, Michael Jordan, and now Giannis did last season. So I know that's on his bucket list, but he is also very uh, arguing heavily for Ben Simmons, his teammate, getting that defensive player of the year because think, of his outstanding defensive play that he's been showing this season. But Philly is a great defensive team, and I think they match up match up pretty well against the Brooklyn Nets. Like you yeah. can't match up – no team can match up perfectly against the Nets, I'd say. But I'd say that Philly is one of the better chances of stopping them defensively. Yep. Um, you, Philly also has one of your favorite young players in Matisse, who leads the league in block shots, block jump shots. Yes, Matisse is a monster on the defensive end. Uh, I loved him out of Washington his rookie year. I really think that he showed out for that team last year during the regular season. Definitely had a lot of um, deficiencies during the their playoff run last year, and Ben Simmons' injury did not help them at all. I believe uh-huh. they got swept by the Celtics last year in the first round. Yeah, they, they just had really nobody to guard Tatum after Ben was out. Yeah. So the – so Philly, I think they are eyeing their first real shot at a championship since Butler left. And I think this year they are striving for that, definitely. Have a great shot at trying to win the finals. Uh, what other teams are you thinking that you would be scared of playing if you were the Brooklyn Nets? Definitely the Celtics. Even though Kyrie has apparently decided to put up 40 against them every time he plays. But seven-game series, Tatum gets hot, Jalen gets hot. It's a a tough team. Yeah, how do you see the Celtics matching up with the Nets? Well, we we have Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown to pick up. Two great defensive players. Pick up Kyrie. Good degree. And then you have a combination of Grant Williams, Jason Tatum, uh, Semi Ojale. They'll I pick think, up Tatum. Yeah, I think that that's the biggest question mark there. Can Tatum defend Durant at a high level throughout, the, throughout a seven-game series, which is hard for anyone to do? 
Yeah. Like, and then I also think uh, Kemba Walker is a is a uh, defensive liability that there for that matchup that he might end up having to guard Kyrie in that series, which would be very tough for the Celtics. And I think it's also a reason why he's been so successful against them in the past. Essentially, you just try to get your best player switched on to Kemba Walker, and it's a bucket. Yeah. You can't you can't send him either because he's too good offensively and you're paying him too much money to bench him. And I don't see them starting uh, Marcus Smart over him in any playoff game this season if he's healthy. Well, they both start now. All right. Yeah, they've, they've just been playing Brown at the three spot. And then – Another big question for the Celtics there is if that second unit can uh, hold up against the Brooklyn Nets second unit because I feel like that's where the Celtics have been um, lacking this season is when that second unit comes in and either Tatum or Brown goes out and there goes most of your scoring chances right there when they're on the bench. Yep. I think Peyton Pitt. Richard is a big uh, key to that team. He's a beast. Yeah, if he's hitting his shots, watch out because you'll get you'll get your twenty-five to thirty from Tatum at least. You'll get your twenty to thirty with Brown at least. And it's just can those other guys fill in? Another forgotten name on that Celtics team though is Evan Fournier. Oh yep. He's been second or third game with them. What'd you say? He he got really hot a second or third game with them. Knocked down like six straight threes. Yeah, didn't he have like 20 points that game? Yeah, I think so. Something like that. Yeah, but he's been he's been out recently with an injury, but I think that he's on his way back very soon for that Celtics team. So a big piece of the puzzle there for the Celtics, getting Evan Fournier back and try to build some more chemistry on that team, bring some more scoring to that second unit, I feel. Yeah, for sure. So questions with Boston are just, can Kemba hold up defensively? And can that second unit provide enough scoring to keep up with the Brooklyn Nets in a playoff series? Another person on the Brooklyn Nets that we haven't talked about, Landry Shamit. Yes. He he's been amazing these past couple games. That was another rookie that I liked that Philadelphia ended up drafting, but he ended up getting traded either his first or second season to the Clippers, and now he ended up on the Nets after an off-season trade. The Nets really wanted him, but if he can if he can uh, shoot contis- consistently from three and knock down those open shots, I think that the Nets will be very hard to stop. Yeah. Nets um, are honestly really good. Really good. So let's continue our list for teams you'd be scared of if you were the Nets. I think the Bucks might have a shot against them. I, I'd still pick Brooklyn in that series. But – 
Yeah, I, I feel like you can't count out a team with Giannis, even though even though they've not had that playoff success in the last two years that you would want to see from an MVP. From an MVP. Mm-hmm. But I think the Drew Holiday um, accusation will help them, especially on the defensive end, and can add That's a little hot. more shooting than I think Eric Bledsoe could. And so I feel like if a team, if the the Bucks can just knock down their shots around that Giannis makes for them, and Giannis is able to get his his shots too, still whether mostly layups and dunks at the rim, but if he can knock down a couple open three pointers in that series, yep. watch out for the Bucks. That's about it. So we have the. Philly, Boston, and Milwaukee as your teams to be scared of. Yep. You say Miami too? Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess we could throw Miami in that mix. Yeah. Another very tough defensive team. Uh, got that heat culture down there that Jimmy plays in perfectly for. Very d- tough defensive team. And a good leader with Jimmy Butler there at the helm. We'll see what that Victor Oladipo sign, uh, trade acquisition can add to that team, too. Adds more, well, if he can play like the uh, all-star that we saw in Indiana, in Indiana or if he's going to be more of this um, injured Oladipo that we saw in the Rockets and his uh, final year plus on the Pacers, too. Kind of mm-hmm. rough. But if he's able to buy into that Heat culture, I think that that Heat team could be very dangerous in the playoffs. They, they were in the finals last year, so we're definitely not going to count them out. Yep, very surprising team to see in that finals last year, but Man, did they sure earn it. Mm-hmm. Going toe-to-toe with Giannis, the uh, MVP last year, and then ended up grinding out that uh, win against that playoff series win against Boston, too, in the Eastern Conference Finals. Very disappointing for you, I know. But, man, did they show out for the playoffs last year. We'll see if they can uh, – build off that momentum they had and make another deep playoff run this year. Yep. I think it's more likely than not. I would say definitely. So lots to watch there with the Brooklyn Nets and the upcoming playoffs that will be happening. Now, what are we, less than a month away, a month away about? Yes. Playoffs should be. I'm I'm ready for it, Arnold. Likewise, can't my, wait. The Timberwolves might be, not be in it, but nothing that I haven't seen before. Right now, who's your pick for to win it all? Who's your pick to win it all? Ooh. You know that's really tough. Really tough. I think. A lot of people are just fast to put the Lakers and the Nets up there. But 
I think as we went over today with the Nets, you got to pump the brakes on that because of their injury problems. And I would say the same for the Lakers too because, yeah, yeah, they're a dominant team with LeBron. And well, any any team with LeBron is going to be dominant, but can how will LeBron look? post ankle injury how will ad look post his injury and then how will that team mesh with uh, deandre drummond who hasn't even played with ad or lebron yet this season so i'd say i'd say that those are definitely uh a top of the list just due to um their talent on the roster but honestly, I, I would I would watch out for the Clippers still. I know a lot of people count them out because they have Paul George and whatnot. But Paul George is having a career best season. Paul George has been showing out this year. Yeah, he's had a couple moments where you can laugh at him, but overall I'd say that it's been a really good year for him. And that that is also a really deep team there, especially with uh the Rondo acquisition, bringing in more uh, playoff experience and finals experience there. Playoff Rondo, I think, is a real thing. But I'd say watch out for the Clippers, definitely. They are, they are in play for that number one seed as well in the West still. Um, even though a lot of people have already counted them out, due to their playoff success the last couple of years. Don't count out Kawhi. And so the Clippers, that's your pick? To win it all? Nope. nope. That's your say I just say watch out for the Clippers. But like I said previously, I don't bet against LeBron anymore, so I'll take the Lakers. After all that, picking the Lakers. Wow. I can't go against LeBron, and I'm pretty sure that you have it written down, too, that the Lakers will win. Really? Well, technically, you said that they'll 3 P. Yep, they might. <laughs> so, Laker, like, Lakers and Nets, I'd say. But on the Eastern Conference, Philly, another team to watch, like we said. I think that Philly could definitely make the finals this year. What do you what do you think about the Suns? I think they're my pick to win it all. That's what I think. I think they're a great team. They're debatably the best chemistry in the entire league. Mm-hmm. I think Chris Paul should be in the MVP conversation. Chris I think Paul, Devin yeah. Booker has been the most efficient he's ever been playing next to Chris Paul. I think they have great upcoming wing, wing players like Mikael Bridges and Payne. I think DeAndre Aiden is doing really well. And it's, it's all going to fall on him. If he can actually go up against the opposing big men well and hold them off, then I don't, I don't see that, that team losing. Chris Paul, the ultimate losing winner I think they, I think every franchise should just get Chris Paul for a couple of years 
Yeah, definitely up their winning percentage. Survive their franchise. Move on to the next one. That's why I call him the ultimate winning loser because every team he goes to, they get better, but he has never made the finals and only has one Western Conference finals appearance, and that was with Houston. They could have made the finals uh, if he didn't get injured in that series. But, yeah, I, I like your son's assessment. Uh, Mikhail Bridges, one of my favorite role players in the NBA. I'm in 2K. He can, he can, he can really shoot the rock, man. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's really long and long and uses that on to his advantage on the defensive end. Really good defender there. So, if I'd say a lot of pressure is on Devin Booker there to see how far that Suns team can go. Because we know if Devin, if Devin Booker's not hitting his shots, that Suns team is probably going to be in trouble. I can count on Booker to score. That's all I'm saying. Yep, but we haven't really been. Has he? Has he? Ever, has he made the playoffs yet? D book. Uh, I'm not sure, but we've definitely seen him in game-winning situations. Yep, we've seen him hit the big shots, most notably last year in the bubble against the Clippers. That absurd game-winning shot against Paul George and Kawhi. I do not believe he's made the playoffs. Yeah, so that'll be a thing to watch there to see if how he performs under in the playoffs. And like I said before, if Booker won't be able to hit and hit his shots that we're accustomed to seeing him hit, could be a rough series for the Suns. Yep. But Phoenix is your is your team to win it all. Yep. Love to hear it. Well, I think that's a good place to wrap this up. Yes, sir. So, like always, thank you for listening to this week's edition of the Tip Off. Please check us out on Twitter. You can direct message me at Simon is tweeting, or you can direct message Arnav at Arnav Singh. That's A A R N A V S I N G H H. And you can also check out our Reddit page. That's r slash the tip off or r slash tip off podcast. So go check us out. You can direct message me your predictions, your hot sports takes or anything that you want to talk about and we will put those predictions on the pod as a guest predictor and thanks for joining me Arna we'll see you next week thank you for having me yes sir